You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you like me? I like it. Do you love me? You watch your mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I'm actually extremely excited because um, that clip, if you didn't know, is from Sanford and Son. If you don't know what that is, go culture yourself a little bit. It is a television show from back in the day when you can say funny things and people didn't get upset about it. Sanford and Son, all in the family, married with children. It's just really mean people saying really mean things that are hilarious. Anyways, I decided with everybody being so sensitive these days, I'd go the opposite direction and think, what is the more offensive stuff? Oh, I know, Sanford and Son. And so I found a clip. Anyways, continuing the story. I went on YouTube to try to find a clip, and what I found was a video that I made nine years ago that I thought was deleted, gone, erased forever. I made a mashup of Sanford and Son clips, the best of Fred Sanford. Number two on the list was my video. Half a million views. Very excited about that. Now that email account that I use is probably gone forever, so my hopes of reviving that channel and making something of it are are, uh, probably a distant dream. But it made me happy, and it's a good video. It's hilarious. Again, if you haven't watched Sanford and Son or All in the Family or Married with Children, go do it. It'll be good for you. Anyways, I do apologize for uh, getting this out to you late. Took the day off today. Today's kind of my Father's Day. I've had sort of like three Father's Days. Yesterday, we drove very far away and went out on the boat with my wife's family. Very nice and all, but, you know, that was sort of her dad's Father's Day. Saturday, I did get my presents, but I also spent the entire day fighting off a migraine and slept throughout the entire afternoon. So today is the day where I get to sleep in. I'm going to grill out some chicken and some pork. Got some Sprecher cream soda. I'm just going to relax. It's going to be glorious. However, I did have a thought as I was meandering and drinking my coffee and whatnot. And I thought, you know what? I kind of want to look into it and maybe talk about it on the podcast. There's some talk about Dalvin Cook. If you listened yesterday to the new feature that we've added to the Packernet podcast, which, by the way, we're planning on running in the afternoons. It's going to be just about five minutes of your daily Green Bay Packers news update. Again, I'm using the word daily because that's my hope and aspiration. We'll see if we can maintain that. But there was some talk, as you probably heard prior, about Dalvin Cook possibly holding out because he wants a ton of money. Now, if I'm being honest, I would be stunned if Dalvin Cook doesn't play week one. However, (laughs) Dalvin Cook might be dreaming a little bit. Now, look, I I respect Dalvin Cook as as a runner. He's one of those guys that there are certain plays you look at and just think, this guy is, is one of the most talented backs in all of the league. And I don't really want to go too far down this road because a lot of people are mad at me about it, but similar to Aaron Rodgers, right? If you look at Aaron Rodgers in highlights, 
scary. Super scary. But if you kind of zoom out and look at the full picture, there's some stuff missing there. And so I kind of want to just get a full picture look at Dalvin Cook as best as I possibly can and kind of ask two questions. Number one, is there any chance he's going to get the amount of money that he's looking for? But number two, and probably more importantly, how much of a hit is it going to be for the Minnesota Vikings, who've already lost Stephon Diggs, to also lose Dalvin Cook? How devastating would that be? And I've got kind of a, a bit of a split picture here. So anyways, before we get into that, please make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. We're still running through our poll, the poll that I put forth of our favorite Green Bay Packers. And I am planning on going through every single Green Bay Packer on the roster. So um, this is going to take a while. I'm doing one a day. So if you haven't gotten involved yet, it really hasn't even been that interesting yet. I mean, it was it was in about the order that you would expect. I think uh, David Bakhtiari is going to win this round. But now is when it's starting to get to that point where it's going to be a little a little more interesting. So make sure you get in the group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you want to help support the show, a five-star iTunes review would be greatly appreciated. Make sure if you have the ability to, you enable notifications for the show so you don't miss anything. Otherwise, why don't we just take a break and uh, take a look at Dalvin Cook and what he means to this team. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's start with, for those that don't know what it is I'm talking about in particular. Dalvin Cook is the um, running back for the Minnesota Vikings. He is currently still on his rookie deal. However, from uh, Vikings Wire, quote, he will reportedly be out of any team-related activities until he receives a, quote, reasonable, unquote, deal. Continuing on in the article, without a reasonable extension, he will not be showing up for camp or beyond. Cook is coming off a season in which he had 1,135 yards and 13 touchdowns in 2019. Both of those stats were career bests. 
However, Cook has dealt with injuries in the past. He's missed 19 games in his three-year NFL career, which is a staggering number. The Vikings currently have a little more than $12.2 million in cap space for 2020, according to Over the Cap. Cook's cap number is currently just over $2 million for 2020 per Over the Cap, which they go on to say is a bargain. Finally, Over the Cap founder Jason Fitzgerald predicted that an extension for Cook would probably run the Vikings $13 million per year. However, Fitzgerald says if, if Minnesota lets Cook walk, the running back would hit $10 million in free agency. Now, let's just clear up the fact that it's not as simple as, well, they only have $12 million, so they can't afford $13 million. $13 million per year, if they give them like a four-year extension, they would be paying, I don't know, like $5 million this year. So they, they could afford that. And the big reason that I said I would expect them him to be playing week one is just because the Vikings are very big on retaining their guys. As I've mentioned, for whatever reason, you have a head coach that is seemingly on the hot seat. You've got an offensive coordinator that is very much committed to running the football just as much as our head coach is. This outside zone scheme, losing your star running back would be a massive blow just, just in that regard. And again, the Vikings are always very determined to maintain their guys. Now, usually they're defensive players. I don't know what that says about running backs, etc., etc., but it would just be very surprising. But let's look at a couple different things. First of all, let's just look overall at the importance of running the ball for the Minnesota Vikings real quick. Why do I close tabs so readily? I have too many tabs open, and I just start closing everything, and the first thing I want to start with is the tabs that I need. So just for context, I want to look at the other teams in the NFC North, Packers, Lions, and Bears. And the mark that I want to look at is um, wins and losses when the team runs for less than 100 yards. And the reason I want to look at the other teams is because if I, if I give you the numbers based on just the Minnesota Vikings, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's true of every team. So let's look at the other three in the division. The Green Bay Packers, when rushing for under 100 yards, and granted, rushing for over 100 yards is always going to be better than not. It's just a matter of to what degree. The Packers' record was 4-3. and three. If you look at the Chicago Bears, for example, the Bears' record was 5-6. and six. When rushing for over 100 yards, they were 3-2. and two. So relatively 50-50, not a big difference for the Chicago Bears, right? And for Detroit, they only won three games. In every single one of those three games that they won, they ran for less than 100 yards. They were 0-5-1 when rushing for over 100 yards, so it didn't have that big of an impact. The Minnesota Vikings, who won 10 games, maybe a better way to put this is they only lost six games all year. Their record was 1-5 when they ran for under 100 yards. They also ran for more than 100 yards, just about more than any other team in the division. So they do it a lot. And they seemingly can't win without it. So the question becomes, let's say, instead of running for over 100 yards 12 times in a season and winning 10 of them, well, 9 of them, I guess, what if they end up being closer to the Chicago Bears where they only do that 5 times in a season? Or the Detroit Lions where they do it 6 times in a season? What happens to the Minnesota Vikings? Because the fact of the matter is, there isn't nearly as high of a correlation with passing yards for the Minnesota Vikings. So, I guess the the best case scenario would be that we find out that running the ball is very important for the Vikings, that Dalvin Cook plays a massive role in their ability to run well, and they decide not to pay him. That would be the best case scenario. But again, I don't really see that happening. I don't see us taking all three of these boxes. Let us continue on with why I don't think we're going to check that second box. If we move on 
to looking at, and I want to look at different things, not just pro football focus, but I'm going to start there. And we're going to look at overall offensive grades. We're going to look at regular and postseason, and I'm not going to put any filters on here, meaning if you ran the ball one time, you're on here. The highest graded Minnesota Viking is Mike Boone. We'll get into the stats. It's not that hard to understand why Mike Boone was graded the highest, but Mike Boone rated ranked 13th overall. Dalvin Cook ranked 19th, just one spot above Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones, by the way, is 7th. So keep that in the back of your mind as well. As Packer fans, we're looking at this saying, I don't think we pay Dal- or we don't pay Aaron Jones 13 or whatever million dollars a year. It's just not worth it, despite the fact that he was literally one of the best running backs in all of football last year. If I put a filter on here, Aaron Jones was 5th, Dalvin Cook was 12th. If we look at yards per attempt, I could do yards, obviously, because he had a lot of yards, but he also has a lot of attempts, so yards per attempt makes the most sense to me. Mike Boone was ninth in the NFL. He had 5.6 yards per carry. Amir Abdullah is 16th with 5.2 yards per carry. By the way, Tyler Irvin is number one in the NFL with 11.7. Only three attempts, but still, I figured I'd throw that out there. Then, 29th is Alexander Madison with 4.6 yards per carry. You have to go all the way down to 46th to get to Dalvin Cook's 4.3 yards per carry. So again, remember, it's not just a There's no question Dalvin Cook is a more talented and skilled athlete. But the question is, we've got Mike Boone, we've got Alexander Madison, we've got Amir for now, who knows who we're going to actually end up keeping. Do we want to pay Dalvin Cook basically all the money? Remember, it wasn't that long ago we were looking at Derrick Henry and saying, look, he might be the best running back in football right now, but you still shouldn't pay him. I mean, am I wrong? Isn't that what we were just saying? Now, if you look at touchdowns, he is fairly high, but again, it comes with the territory with having a lot of carries. Aaron Jones is number one with 18, Derrick Henry had 17, Christian McCaffrey 15, Dalvin Cook 15. By the way, this concludes the postseason. I don't know how many Dalvin Cook had, but he's tied with Christian McCaffrey, who didn't make the postseason. But if we look at another stat that is a per-attempt stat, and that is yards after contact per attempt. Mike Boone is top um, in the for Minnesota at 24th, 3.33 yards after contact per attempt. Next is Mr. Alexander Madison, 3.10 yards after contact per attempt. He ranks 39th in this category. Dalvin Cook is 50th with 2.97. So obviously everything you look at cumulatively, yards, touchdowns, whatever, he does well. Unfortunately, that also applies to fumbles. Chris Carson was number one with seven. Dalvin Cook tied Derrick Henry for second with five fumbles on the season. Aaron Jones, with a similar amount of carries, only had two fumbles on the season. So he's third in yards per attempt on his own team. If we look at, let's let's go through the NFC North here. Dalvin Cook is tied with yards per attempt with Jamal Williams and Ty Johnson of Detroit. He is eighth in yards after contact per attempt uh, behind Ryan Nall, Aaron Jones, Alexander Madison, Bo Scarborough, Mike Boone, J.D. McKissick, and Tyler Irvin. He leads the division in fumbles by a lot. I mean, if, if you didn't, if you couldn't see anything cumulative, there's really nothing that stands out in terms of him being an elite running back. He's third just in terms of overall offensive grade behind Aaron Jones and Mike Boone. Now, he is the number one runner, or excuse me, number two behind Tyler Irvin. I'm so glad Tyler Irvin had those three carries. 
But Dalvin Cook is also um, second from the bottom in fumbles, ahead of only Amir Abdullah, is 12th graded in run blocking. And if we look at him as a receiver, which some people seem to think he's a great receiver, however, I just read an article via PFF talking about why they would avoid a contract extension. They said almost all of his targets came behind the line of scrimmage, so his replacement value is not very high, meaning anybody can do that. But his receiving grade via PFF was 12th out of 19 running backs in the NFC North. Remember, we're still just looking at, I'm not saying 12th in the NFL, 12th in the NFC North. If we just look at the NFL, and I even add a filter so we're not looking at guys that just didn't do anything, Dalvin Cook is 35th out of 47 running backs as a receiver. He did have a decent amount of yards, and I'm sure Vikings fans would love to point out, are you kidding me? Look at all the yards. Look at the yards per reception. Okay, how about we look at the fact that he led the league in drops with eight drops? And it's amazing to me that you can lead the league in drops when it's also true that your targets were almost entirely behind the line of scrimmage. And by the way, PFF does not count bad passes as drops, so don't even try to play that game. They credit that to the quarterback, not the running back. It's also fairly impressive that you can get this many targets and this many yards through the air and have zero touchdowns. If you just look at the guys that are in the same category or just above him, James White had five, Aaron Jones had three, Mark Ingram had five, Miles Sanders had three, David Johnson had four, Austin Eckler had eight. Zero touchdowns through the air for Dalvin Cook. If we just look at passer rating when targeted, Dalvin Cook was 98.8, 22nd overall. Again, out of 47. So just barely top half. And, and again, the biggest issue is on his own team, receiving grade. Number one, Alexander Madison. Number two, Amir Abdullah. Number three, C.J. Ham. Number four, Dalvin Cook. The only one he had a higher receiving grade than was Mike Boone. You know, the one guy that had a higher overall grade that Dalvin Cook did. If you look at PFF's elusiveness rating, Dalvin Cook was second on his own team behind Mike Boone. If you look at breakaway percentage, Dalvin Cook had a lot of big plays. The fact of the matter is, though, the Vikings had a lot of big plays. Dalvin Cook had the lion's share of that because he ran the ball more. Breakaway percentage. Mike Boone, 45% of his, his carries were breakaways. Actually, I'm saying that wrong. Yardage that you got from big plays. Mike Boone was number one with 45% of his yards coming from big plays. Alexander Madison, 42% of his yards coming from big plays. Dalvin Cook, 28%. So he was third. Since I actually like it the other way, let's do it the other way. i got to bust out my calculator here. Dalvin Cook, the percentage of his plays that went for 15 or more yards was 4.9%. Alexander Madison, 9.4% of his carries went for 15 or more yards. Mike Boone, 6.1% of his carries went for 15 or more yards. So even if you do, either way you look at it, Mike Boone and Alexander Madison were bigger play guys than Dalvin Cook both in terms of how many of their yards came from breakaways and and also what percentage of their runs went for 15 or more yards. If we look at blocking, now granted, again, Dalvin Cook has spent more time actually blocking, but the only sack given up was by Dalvin Cook. The only hits that were given up were by Dalvin Cook. And the only other person that gave up a single hurry was C.J. Hamm. Now, in terms of percentage, well, Dalvin Cook is the only one out there doing it. Not really. He's had less than twice as many blocking attempts as C.J. Hamm. Which is to say, if C.J. Ham gave up one hurry, at the most, I would think Dalvin Cook would give up two hurries. At the most, between one and two, because it's slightly less than half. He gave up six pressures. Three hurries, two hits, and a sack. If we look at pass-blocking grade, which just grades how good of a job they did on a snap-to-snap basis, Amir Abdullah was number one, 87.2. 
C.J. Ham was number two, eighty-two point one. Mike Boone was number three, seventy-nine point eight. Dalvin Cook was fourth, thirty-seven point three. Thirty-seven point three is abysmal. Again, sixty is average. The rest of these three guys were seventies and eighties, which is very good. Thirty-seven is putrid. So he grades out below average as a receiver, although he has some pretty big plays because when he gets out in space, he's got a lot of speed. That's just the reality. He also has a ton of drops. He's a horrible blocker. And he is a fairly good runner. He graded out very well. But even on a yards per attempt basis, the ability of guys like Alexander Madison and Mike Boone to make up those yards if you give them the opportunities based on the fact that they get more yards per attempt. You know, and it sounds crazy to say this, but look at other teams that have done this, that have gone through this. Look at the 49ers. The 49ers are a very similar team that run the same, you know, very, very focused on running the ball, very good at running the ball. A lot of it has to do with the scheme as well as the offensive line, and it kind of just doesn't matter who you plug in there. The fact of the matter is, when you look at Dalvin Cook, you say, wow, this guy does a really good job. The problem for Dalvin Cook is, when you look at Alexander Madison, when he comes in to fill in for Dalvin Cook, you say, wow, this guy does a good job. When you look at Mike Boone, when he comes in and fills in, you say, wow, this guy does a really good job, because it doesn't actually matter that much. It's not just Dalvin Cook and it's va- in a vacuum. It's how much better is Dalvin Cook than the rest of these guys. And if you're going to pay him $13 million, it's very simple. We cannot run an offense without Dalvin Cook. That's the only way that this makes sense. And as much as I would love to say, you know, you lose a little bit of explosiveness because you don't have his speed and, and all that kind of, I don't even want to say agility because his agility is actually terrible. I can't even say that because we just looked at breakaway ability. I don't see any, in fact, trading Dalvin Cook. Think about how much you can get if you were to trade Dalvin Cook on his current contract. There's, there's going to be teams out there that'll pay him money. It sounds crazy, but what, what, what am I supposed to look at here? Let's look at a couple other things. Let's get away from PFF for a minute. If we look at, for example, just things like success rate, the Green Bay Packers' um, overall success rate is 5.4%. That's above average. The NFL average success rate running the ball is 48%. The Packers' success rate is 53%. 47.7 is the league average, to be specific. Aaron Jones, in particular, is 546 He's well above average. He's a great running back. Where's Dalvin Cook on this? 474 Slightly below average. The Minnesota Vikings, as a team, are negative 3.2 compared to the average success rate. So that is 3.2% below average running the football. The most success that they have is running to the outside, to the right. So using Dalvin Cook's speed to just run around everybody. That's basically the one area in which they are successful. But once again, how does that compare to everybody else? Well, Alexander Madison actually has a very low success rate. But what about Mike Boone, the guy that grades out higher? 51%. Now, Mike Boone didn't have a a ton of carries, but 51% success rate. And when you got guys like Mike Boone and Alexander Madison and Amir Abdullah, who are not just guys who can pick up slack, but they're very different in terms of their skill set. You know, Amir Abdullah is a receiving back. He's the best receiver on the team. He's better than Dalvin Cook. CJ, is this, I don't even know if CJ's still on the team. He's not. Whatever. You got guys that can block, not Dalvin Cook. If you look at power backs, Alexander Madison is the big guy. He's the 221-pound back, whereas Dalvin Cook and Boone are in the 210 range. And again, Boone would be sort of the replacement for Dalvin Cook. Is similar size, similar explosiveness, great yards, per, all that stuff. He is sort of the Dalvin Cook. And I know it sounds crazy. The guy was an undrafted free agent in 2018. He only had significant snaps 
um, the last three games of the season to come in, and what did he do? He replaced Dalvin Cook. When Dalvin Cook went out in Week 15 against the Chargers, Mike Boone went in because essentially you've got Dalvin Cook, and then you've got guys that are complementary skill sets. So Mike Boone doesn't get a lot of opportunities, but when Dalvin Cook goes out, Mike Boone is the main guy because he's sort of the replacement. So what happened in those three games? Well, he played three games, the Chargers, the Packers, and the and the uh, Chicago Bears. Obviously, against the Packers, it didn't go very well because the Packers kind of just have him on lockdown. But against the Chargers, he had 13 carries, 56 yards, 4.3 average. He had two touchdowns in that game on 13 carries. Against the Packers, 11 attempts, 28 yards. 2.5 yards per attempt. Again, the Packers just locked it down. But then against Chicago, right? Super great defense, all that stuff. 17 attempts, 148 yards, 8.7 yards per attempt, a touchdown, and five first downs. On the season, his yards per attempt were 9.3, 2.6 against Detroit, 4.3, 2.5 against Green Bay, and then 8.7 against Chicago. 49 attempts, 273 yards, 5.6 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, nine first downs. One in five carries is a first down. One in 12-ish is a touchdown. And even in his rookie year where he didn't carry the ball very much and he didn't grade out very well, he still had 4.3 yards per attempt, which is what Dalvin Cook is at. And again, as much as it sounds crazy, there's two things to point out. Number one is, as I've been saying, it's not a matter of who's better. If all things were equal, we're going to keep Dalvin Cook, we're going to run with it. But if Dalvin Cook is going to demand $13 million a year, there's no way I'm doing it. Mike Boone is very young. He's proven to be talented, and even if he can't, Alexander Madison is a third-round pick who also did a good job running the ball. And the other thing to keep in mind is, as I've also said, this has happened on many teams where, where certain teams really want to get that guy. They, You know, San Francisco, we're going to find this guy. And then, who, who was it? Is Jarek McKinnon. Remember when the 49ers paid a bunch of money for Jarek McKinnon because they didn't really have a lot of guys, and then Jarek McKinnon got hurt right away? I kind of felt bad for him because he is a talented guy. He's just always stuck behind talented running back. Jarek McKinnon gets hurt, but he was going to be the guy. But it didn't matter. The 49ers had Raheem Mostert. Raheem had 190 attempts, 1,108 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt. Raheem is an undrafted free agent. They had Matt Breida. 132 attempts, 642 yards, 4.9 yards per attempt. Undrafted free agent. The two of these guys tore up the league. They're both undrafted free agents. And let's not forget the Chargers, maybe the best example of it. Melvin Gordon, right? Big first-round pick, talent beyond talent. I mean, he's way more talented than uh, Dalvin Cook. He's bigger, stronger, much more agile, not quite as fast, but we're talking 4.49 compared to 4.52, very similar speed freakish guy. Melvin Gordon, though, just has never really hit his stride outside of 2018. He had a pretty good year, but otherwise it's been really underwhelming. Four years of just kind of meh. And then on the other hand, you've got Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has been graded out as one of the best running backs in football, basically for two years running. And even in his rookie year, he graded out pretty high. Guess where he was drafted? He wasn't. He's an undrafted free agent. But, but the Chargers, they don't want to give up, right? Melvin, we got to keep Melvin out there. Da, 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 because you see what he can be. You see the size and all this stuff, and you think he's real durable. And if we can get him going, man, boy, oh boy. But the fact of the matter is you don't need Melvin Gordon because you have this undrafted free agent out of West, what is it, Western Colorado State. And it's fine. So the point is the Minnesota Vikings are going to panic. We can't get rid of Dalvin. Dalvin's so talented. He's got he's got talent just oozing from him. I mean, it's just he can do things that these other guys just physically can't and we just we can't wrap our head around letting him go. And again, the Vikings don't like letting guys go. So I do think they're going to work it out. I think he's going to be there. I think he's going to have some big plays. It's going to be frustrating. Da, 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 da. 
I think they also recognize how important running the running the ball is. I think Zimmer recognizes how important it is that he keeps all his guys and they have a really good year so he can keep his job. I think their offensive coordinator, who is 100% invested in this run game, is going to say, I want my guy. Don't you let my guy go. And I think all of this is going to happen as a matter of panic. And the fact of the matter is what we should all know by now is that running backs are not nearly as important as we make them out to be. Now, I do think if we were to lose Aaron Jones, it makes a big difference for our offense, depending on A.J. Dillon, obviously. But let's go back to 2019. It would make a massive difference. But the Vikings already have these other guys. The reason it doesn't make that big of a difference is because it's easier to find replacements at running back than just about any other position, especially for certain teams that their run game is very much centered around their offensive line and their running scheme so that when you plug certain guys in who have a certain skill set, not necessarily talent level, but skill set, they tend to do really well. The Raheem Mosterts, the Austin Ecklers, the Matt Breedas, the Mike Boones. And the interesting thing is, again, it's not even... Melvin Gordon is still a charger because they can't let it go. The 49ers not only still have Jarek McKinnon, they brought in Tevin Coleman. They drafted Salvin Ahmed. They just, it, they're panicked. And it, it makes sense to a degree because you look at it and they were undrafted free agents for a reason. They're lacking all these skill sets and you kind of look at it and it just doesn't feel real, right? I don't know, it just, ugh. They don't have that upside. Right? Even Aaron Jones was a late round guy. He had some relative success before getting injured with the Packers. And I remember thinking, there's no way he maintains this level, except he did. Same with Austin Eckler. Well, he's not going to be good next year, except he was. And so if it's me, I'm not paying Dalvin Cook that much money. I, I wouldn't be opposed to working out some kind of a deal with him, but even $10 million is a little iffy for me. I, I acknowledge he's important. I acknowledge he's got way more talent than anybody else on this roster. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to production. I don't care how talented you are. If, if your piles and piles of talent amount to just about as much as the other guys who don't have any talent can do for me, In other words, if I give the ball to that guy who is a plodding, undrafted free agent who can barely read and write, and if I can give him the ball and he can do about as much of it and as good of a job as you with the same amount of carries, why am I paying you so much money? And again, it's a tough spot because I acknowledge how very important running the ball is for the Minnesota Vikings, and it is very important. I think it's important for your passing game. I think a big part of the reason that you've got a quarterback that did so well, who's having the best years of his career, is because you've got this run game that is a serious threat so that when you don't run the ball and you decide to play play action, he's one of the better play action passers in the game because you have a serious run threat. And I acknowledge if you take that away, everything possibly falls apart. And maybe it's easy for me in this seat, especially not even being a Vikings fan, so I don't really care, but not having my job on the line to say, forget it, I'm just going to let them go. It's easier for me to do that than it is for the Vikings. But I do think it's the right thing to do. You have running backs. On top of, of having running backs who have proven to be capable of moving the sticks, who have proven that they're big, big play threats, they're great on a yards per carry basis, You've got your second year under this offensive coordinator who's going to continue to improve on this offensive line in the run game. You still have Cousins. You still have Thielen. You drafted another wide receiver. You brought in a wide receiver free. The offense should be fine. And the fact of the matter is if you look at Dalvin Cook and just his offensive grade, he had five good games all year. He graded out 90.7 against Oakland in week three. Elite grade. 83.7 against the Packers in week two. 82.9 against Detroit in week seven. And then or 76.2 against Dallas and 71.4 against Atlanta. After that, it's all 60s. 60s and then 50s and then 40s. 
The other really unfortunate thing is if you noticed, most of the games I listed off were early. Three of those of those games that he played well, three of his, what did I say, five? Three of his five games came in the first three weeks of the season. Starting in week four, his grades were 57. Again, 60 is average. Anything below that is bad. 57, 58, 65, 82, 64, 61, 76, 61, 43, 67, 66, 56, 43. The guy had two good games from week four on. Why am I giving him so much money? I just don't understand it. And beyond that, this was the best year of his entire career. On top of all the injuries. His his, his grade as a rookie, where he had played 82 snaps because of injuries, 69.9. Year uh, 2018, 149 snaps, injured again, 72.9. 2019, played most of the season, graded out 76.2, better than usual, although again, most of that came in the first three weeks. Didn't have a single good game after week 10. Got hurt in week 15, didn't play week 16, didn't play week 17. Comes back for the wild card game against New Orleans. Plays 33 snaps, which is the highest amount of snaps he's played all season. Had 28 carries for 94 yards, which is 3.4 yards per carry. That's not very good. His overall grade in that game back was a 56.1, below average in the playoffs. Then they go up against San Francisco. His his uh, worst game of the season, 43.0 was his overall grade. Only played nine snaps. All nine of those were carries. He got 18 yards, 2.0 yards per attempt. Again, what what is it, man? Right At the very least, while well, San Francisco's tough, okay, are you the kind of guy that can overcome that? Because that would be worth paying, right? San Francisco's tough. It's hard to run against them. Okay, well, it's going to be hard for you and for everybody else. So what makes you special? What, what is it? I haven't found a single thing. Again, he had a really high run grade. Cool. But again, most of that was because he had an 86.9 against the Packers in Week 2 and a 91.7 in Week 3 and an 88 in Week 7. Otherwise, it's just average to below average as a runner. I mean, legitimately, his running grades, three games. Three games were 70 and above. Everything else was 60s, 50s, and 40s. Well, that's just PFF grades. Okay, it's PFF grades. It's also his success rate is below average. It's also his yards per attempt are not very impressive, even on his own team. It's also his yards per uh, yards on average after contact, whatever it's called. He's not even number one on his own team. I just don't see it. And again, Derrick Henry... That, that's a situation where you look at it and go, okay, nobody's going to just come in and be Derrick Henry. We don't have a replacement for Derrick Henry on this team. So it might be the right thing to let him go because I don't know if you want to pay a running back that much money, and we could probably make something work, although it won't be quite as good, but it'll be worth I can't even make the case that Dalvin Cook is above and beyond better than the guys on his own team. I don't know that it makes that big of a difference. Th- this should be automatic. No, but I, I don't know that it is. I know this is kind of a weird episode because we're spending all of our time talking about one player on the Vikings, but it does have implications for the Packers because off the top of my head, I think there's no way they're going to let Dalvin Cook walk because media-wise, you know, Dalvin Cook is this great thing and and Dalvin Cook is a unique, one of the better running backs in football. The Vikings can't let him go. But here's the positive. It doesn't matter either way. And I've said this just about every single Vikings player. If they let him go, then they don't have him. And they are losing that upside. And there is a potential that when you give these other players more opportunities, maybe they're not as good. Maybe just in a small sample size, they end up being real good. And then they don't have a run game. And as we see, if you don't crack that 100-yard mark, which is going to be harder without Dalvin Cook, this team might not make it to 8-8. and That is a very serious risk. 
and they don't have Dalvin Cook, and that's, you know, when we're talking about a first-round pick that doesn't even get a second contract, that's never a good thing for a team. Actually, it was a second-round pick, but whatever. He was an early second-round pick. However, if they do pay him, it's a waste of money because he's not worth that. Even at $10 million, he's not worth that. And again, this is a team that has got serious cap issues. And big part of the reason that they've got cap issues is because they overpay for their own guys because they want to retain their own guys, which is why I think they're going to do it with Dalvin Cook. Now, maybe Dalvin Cook's coming in a little hot at 13 because he wants to come in high and he'll end up taking a deal for less. But again, even 10 is too much. And the thing is, because of their salary cap contract, if they pay him now, five now, they're going to end up paying him more down the road. Meaning when you look at 2021, their cap space is going to be hurt even more. They keep paying these guys too much money. And so I, 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 I'm in a similar position where I don't know what I prefer because the, the best case scenario is Dalvin Cook does play a massive role. They don't pay him and the Vikings just fall apart today. However, if I'm correct and it doesn't make that big of a difference, I want them to do the irresponsible thing because that hurts the entire team more long term. So I guess either way, I'm happy. I'm just happy that Dalvin Cook came out and said, I'm not playing. Now, worst case scenario is Dalvin Cook is bluffing and the Vikings call his bluff and say, nope, you're under contract. You will play. We've seen this play out with other players. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes they don't. But worst case would be that Dalvin Cook is bluffing. Vikings call his bluff and he comes back playing under his rookie contract uh, with the promise that will extend you after this, which I wouldn't believe that if I was Dalvin Cook. So bottom line, I think they will pay him. I don't think they should pay him. I think Dalvin Cook, like a lot of people that are on the Vikings, are overrated. I think he's good. I think he's got upside beyond what we've seen so far. Because again, you see those snippets. You see those highlights. You see that speed. And it's scary. And when he takes off, he's hard to catch. If he hits a hole, it's game over. And, and again, that's, that's what the other guys don't have. Right? He's a one-cut-and-go guy. And, and if there's a hole there, he's going to cut, he's going to hit it, and he's going to be gone. He's talented. It's, almost, it's, it's very similar to the Mitch Trubisky situation, although Dalvin Cook is already better than Mitch Trubisky, but it's, it's similar in that I'm scared of the Bears keeping Mitch Trubisky because if he does hit his stride, he can be a very talented quarterback. He's got tools that are very rare. It's, there's a reason he got taken as early as he did. However, the Bears keeping Mitch Trubisky and him continuing to play this poorly would be beyond ideal. So I'm kind of torn. On one hand, it's like if, if they get rid of him, good because then he'll never materialize, and ha-ha, you wasted a bunch of years. But if they keep him and play him, well, then they got Mitch Trubisky. So it's it's sort of a, a higher risk, higher reward kind of proposition. Keeping Dalvin Cook would be high risk, high reward. It's going to hurt their salary cap, it's going to hurt their team, and I don't think it's going to have as big of an impact as many people are going to say. And even if they do keep him and they sign him, what's going to happen is he's going to go out, he's going to hit 1,200 yards and, and 10 touchdowns, he's going to have a great year, and everybody's going to say, see, ha-ha, we kept him, that was the right decision, you guys are all dumb, ba 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 The problem is you don't know how much better that is than if you didn't have Dalvin Cook. What would you have ended up with? If you, Let's just say you split carries, it doesn't really matter. What, what, 1,108 touchdowns? And you're paying $13 million a year for that? For that extra 200 yards and two touchdowns a year? I mean, that's up to you, I guess. I'm not paying them. Bottom line. I'm trying to trade them. Today. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. It does have pretty big implications for the Minnesota Vikings, and we got to see how this plays out. Definitely curious to hear your thoughts. I'm guessing most people just want him gone. But um, let me know in the Facebook group what you think. Otherwise, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>